What's up, Gang Kai Nation? Tasha, I want to make a hit checking in. And you're about to hear the show presented by Express Suns Rooms of Columbia. Spurs up. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? The show starts in 10, 9, here in Columbia. Well, it's been buzzing loudly all weekend. Passion of the crowd in Williams Bryce Stadium is second to nine. And the raid breaks out in Columbia. It is good! Gamecock fans, welcome home. See how it goes, uh, but we'll be ready to go. It's time to root. Let's go, Carolina! It's gone! Touchdown! What a hit! He makes it in! Can you believe it? You're your hosts, J.C. Sherbert. Oh, watch him celebrate now. Bill Molinax. My wife doesn't like hanging around losers. And Jamie Bradford. I'm going to tell you, you look like you joined the damage. All right, greetings and good morning. Happy Friday and welcome to Inside the Gamecocks, the show live from the Sinorama Studios and today where Sinorama is housed in Columbia, South Carolina, just down the street though at Founders Park. That is me, JB. Phil is with us as well until one o'clock and uh, JC is a little bit under the weather today, so we probably won't get him uh, in, in today's programming, unfortunately, uh, even though even though we'd love to have him because it's Friday and we like to celebrate Fridays with J.C. Sherbert and being live at the ballpark is certainly something I think he'd want to do as well. But uh, not feeling well today, uh, so we look forward to having him back on Monday. Inside the Gamecocks brought to you by Express Sunrooms, and it is powered by Electric Bikes of Charleston. We'll be here, uh, Phil, for the next couple of hours. You can see the shot of Founders Park uh, in our programming here. We'll show you that from time to time throughout the show, and we'll look to – to be able to bring in a couple of guests as well. You can probably imagine that the coaching staff around here is getting ready for, you know, baseball. Uh, they do throw the first pitch at 4 o'clock this afternoon against the Penn Quakers, who will be actually opening their season. And if you can see the live shot of Founders Park as they're getting the field prepped and ready to go, and what was supposed to be a cloudy day is not thus far. It is absolutely beautiful in the capital city of South Carolina. Gamecock women last night secured their seventh SEC crown. They go on the road and beat Tennessee. It was a tough start, but then after that, it was literally all Gamecocks down the stretch. 73-60 to 60 is the final score there. The Nana Sports chat box is open and already good news in from uh, one, of our, one of our very frequent visitors to the Nana Sports chat box, and I'd say Phil, one of our most loyal fans, uh, 76. Uh, his brother yesterday had a successful transplant, and he is in recovery. I believe, uh, if I remember correctly, that 76th said this was his fourth attempt, and, and they got it done. So congratulations to you and your family. I sure hope he's feeling better, and we look forward to uh, for your family to many, many good years to come. And uh, the rest of you that are in and that are coming, 
welcome aboard. With that said, happy Friday, Phil, and welcome to you, my man. That's right. Happy to be here on a Friday. It is a beautiful day. I know the upcountry here is is looking lovely. Great baseball weather and happy to see the clouds dispersed down there at Founders, man. Hoping uh, it's going to be a solid game against Penn. Another double-digit uh, <laughs> output behind the bats, you know, would be good. But, I mean, who who's, who's to say that's going to happen again? <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. So I was up here. I, I got up really, really early this morning to Columbia. I was on um, the morning, uh, the uh, the early game with Bill Gunner and Preston Thorne over at 107.5. And, you know, we were, ta- we were talking about it um, because the – the sexy story right now with Gamecock baseball is the bats. Um, they're third in the league in batting average. Obviously, twenty home runs. You know, leading the country. Uh, the balls have the, the ball has been leaving the yard at just an alarming pace, uh, which is which is always good to see. Um, but those aren't things that are going to sustain themselves all year long. And and so you you've got to have something else in the bag, right? Well, luckily, they've got something in the bag that's pretty good. It's called pitching. And when you can pitch, you can beat anybody. And that's how, I mean, weeknight games. Are you getting some feedback from the from the camera, Phil? No, you're good. Audio is great, man. It's just a, your video stops every once in a while, which is okay. you know, probably just the Wi-Fi at Founders. But audio yeah. is coming through crystal clear. Uh, okay. Um, but when you look up during the regular season and you see – Florida State lost to Central Michigan or South Carolina got beat by Presbyterian or whatever it is, it is, it's rare that those type teams just walk in to one of the powers in college baseball and knock five or six dingers out of the yard. It happens, but it's rare. What generally happens is you get a pretty good start from somebody, whether it's someone throwing under bat speed or and, and you know you're used to seeing mid 90s and now all of a sudden you're seeing mid 80s, um, or you know you are seeing somebody in the mid 90s or they throw they plan to throw six or seven or eight arms at you that game, you know everybody's going to get an inning or two and and you just keep making the lineup adjust. So when you have pitching, you you win games. That's that's just the name of the beast in, in baseball. The offensive side, you know, we were talking about it this morning. It's it's less about the home run and more about the quality at bat. And Monty Lee said that on our program. Mark Kingston said that on our program. These guys have forgotten more about hitting than we'll all ever know collectively. And and that's exactly really what it comes down to. I've referenced this multiple times. You know, the 2012 team, and although Whittle was right, and the fact that they had changed the bats, remember they'd actually altered them back a little bit before the 2012 season. It was really a dead bat in 2011. But you could still hit. And – that team hit 265 and went to Omaha and was, you know, in the championship series. So it, it's not always about the 300 batting average. Great to have it, but it's are you having a quality at bat? Um, and um, and uh, do, do you have an, a good approach? Do you know what you're doing at the plate? And so far through five games, uh, that you can you can check that all those boxes for South Carolina. That's an A plus plus. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you can look at the on-base percentage of this team, you know, <laughs> to determine how good and and, and quality these at-bats are. Uh, I think it, I really noticed it in the second inning of the last game uh, that we played. Who are we playing? I totally blanked on who this it was. This week, we were, you mean? Yeah, Queens? this week. Yeah, yeah. Queens, Queens. We were playing Queens. Because we took that starting pitcher, you know, deep into the count. 
starting in that second inning. The guy had, what, over 45 pitches, I think, at the end of the second inning. <laughs> and, you yeah. know, yeah. here we are sitting with just two runs. So it's like, you know, guys are getting on base, running deep into the counts, and uh, and really just, you know, great eye for pitches, not, you know, willing to stand in there and take one to the shoulder if they need to, <laughs> which yeah. is, you know, hey, get on base any way you can. That's the That's the name of the game. No, there's no doubt about that. 55 bases on balls for Carolina hitters thus far, 19 HBPs, which is making Scott Wingo smile, and um, and and 36 walks, only, I think, 33 strikeouts. So you're plus 22 in that category. It's not always going to be like that. Uh, that number is going to shrink at some point in time. But so far, so good. There is no doubt about it. Electricbikescharleston.com is where you can go to find your next electric bike and it's the summer coming up spring first then summer it's a beautiful time to be out uh, riding whatever bike you can get and you want to get it from electric bikes of charleston electric bikes charleston.com up to 28 miles an hour when it's in pedal assist mode but it doesn't always have to be in pedal assist mode as we know that if you live in the midlands like where i am here at founders park we all know it can be a little little hilly out there from time to time it might be nice to take a bike that can get you as far as you want to go until you're tired and then also get you home up and down those hills, or maybe if it's at the beach in the beach sand or the mountains in the upstate or wherever it is. But they sell bikes to everyone all over the state. There's a reason for that, because their service, their warranties are the best, and their owner is even better. Uh, we, we love Michelle and, and, and her staff over there. So make sure that you head to electricbikescharleston.com so you can get around town powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Again, if you're just checking in, you probably noticed that there is uh, that that ballpark there is not J.C. Sherbert. Uh, he is under the weather today. Phil and I have both talked to him this morning. He'll be back on Monday. Um, but uh, Gamecocks are not under the weather. They are under good weather at least as they uh, slowly start to kind of make their way into the ballpark here. Phil, how much did you see of the um, Xavier? Can they ship to Washington? I would imagine so. That's I mean, you know, hey, because I know. He is a bike rider, right? I think he, I've seen him say that before. I think he, yeah, and I know he sends right. us some very beautiful pictures of the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, so it's awfully cold. We need to <laughs> we need way. to check on that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, J, I mean, JC mentioned to me the other day the temperature in Chicago. I said, "Well, it's seventy-two here, and it's only eight a.m." <laughs> yeah, I think the temperature was the time when we checked in with him last time. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I agree with you there. Uh, 76, glad our ladies and Dawn Staley continue to take care of their business and uh, are celebrating another Southeastern Conference women's basketball regular season title. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they have not locked – or they have locked up the, the number one seed. They have not locked up the sole possession – of the regular season crown because the SEC does this goofy thing where you split the title with whomever you have that you share the same record, even if you beat them head to head, which doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, that's um, crazy. But, but you know, and beat the hell out of them head to head, which is did how much of the game did you see last night? Oh, I actually got to watch a fair amount of the game last night. It is you know just it kind of started slow for the ladies and. uh you know, just it was still defense and rebounds, which is the the brand of basketball that I really like to watch. But you know, it just started to pull away there. I think what around halftime, and it's kind of when I faded out, <laughs> just to make sure checked on on the score after that. But I mean, other than I don't know, I I, I saw Aaliyah Boston sitting on the 
bench getting her calf worked on it looked like so that was a little worrisome but hopefully just a cramp i don't know i haven't read anything about that i was looking at earlier this morning to see if everything was okay on her end well my understanding she's going to be okay um this 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 team is whether you like women's basketball or not is really turning into must-see tv i mean not that I hold on. Let me let me rephrase that because somebody's going to say, "Well, wait a second. They're they're undefeated. They've been must see TV for a while." I I know that. I know that. Um, what what I'm getting at here is is down the stretch, it hasn't been as much of a a a steamroll from opening tip until the final whistle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for for instance, last night, I mean, they're down in the game, twenty nine to sixteen to Tennessee. And there's a lot of energy in that building. Tennessee is trying to to rebuild what once was, which was, you know, the the best program in college basketball. Um, it's gonna not only was that job going to be difficult in general, it's a lot more difficult when the South Carolina Gamecocks share the same league as you. Um, but so it's twenty nine to sixteen, and I I get up, I don't even know where I went, maybe to the bathroom, I don't know, and I came back. I mean, it was the end. Of, it was getting towards the end of the half. I was gone for five minutes, and I come back, and it's halftime, and they're up thirty-three to twenty-nine. And I'm like, "What? What happened here? Like, and, how does this? Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> how did they score seventeen points? I mean, you you snap your fingers, and when when they the life and energy was out. I mean, it was it was done for Tennessee." when they went into halftime down four points. Yeah, there's probably some people going, well, we're only down four. No, it was over. Yeah. And the, and after that 29-16 to 16 opening stretch there, Carolina outscored them the rest of the way 57-31. to 31. I mean, they blew the doors off of them in Thompson Bowling Arena. And, it's not, and on top of that, you got a team, Phil, that you don't have to have 20-10 and 10 from Aaliyah Boston. She nope. doesn't even have to play half the game. I mean – it's no. it's really we've never seen anything like this in any sport at South Carolina, and one day we're all going to look back and wish we enjoyed this ride more. It has been really really special. I think so too. The the level of talent that Coach Staley has been able to amass on this team is impressive. Uh, I mean, it's the only word you can use. I think at this point. Um, especially when you consider what she was up against building this team through these past few years, completely dismantling the the Yukon dynasty. I think at this point, I think it's I think it's okay to say that it, that is over, yeah. <laughs> and that uh, Don Staley has supplanted Gino as uh, the dynastic ruler of women's basketball. Oh, she she's uh, yeah, they're they're well on their way. I I, I mean, I dare to even ask a question like this. Uh, because it's not um, it's not fair, but I'm going to ask it anyways. If for some reason they don't win the national championship this year, how far back do we have to go to figure out how big of an upset that would be in women's basketball? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> do, is there can can you name anybody right now in anybody that you've heard in in college basketball that's discussed this program that said? I don't know, man. I don't know if they can get through blank. I mean, all I keep hearing, props to Keith Olsep, all I keep hearing nationally is the only team that can beat South Carolina is South Carolina. 
Yep, they're the only thing that stands in their way. And you can see that on the court. I mean, you know, it's when you consider that, you know, a lot of these women's basketball games are just a, you know, a game of runs, right? It's one run, you know, one team runs, you know, and then the other team gets on a run. When South Carolina gets on a run, you're, you know, you might be up, but next thing you know, they're they're up on top of you 16 to nothing, you know, yeah. on a run. Yeah. And then there's no looking back because their defense will not let you come back. It's just that's the way the team is designed. Like they're going to take away everything you want to do. And uh, if you can't do the same, which is extremely hard with the talent on that team, uh, because like you said, I mean, it's not just Boston. I mean, they are, there are four other players on that court that are just as good uh, that will beat you every way that they can. Yeah. And it doesn't generally matter which four they are. I mean, it, no. if, you know, some <laughs> well, of these teams... freshmen on that team that are, you know, just stellar player that that'll outplay seniors on, you know, anybody in the league. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, I mean, the, the, the word that was out on Carolina was, I mean, how many times have we seen it over the last year or two? Fill the paint, fill the paint, fill the paint. Do not let them beat you down low. And when you do that now, they find ways to beat you off the dribble. They find ways to beat you from outside. I mean, it's it's really, it's just amazing. It is amazing to watch what they're doing. So right now I would say in the spring with the exception, although the, the men are playing better, um, we, we all knew it would be a struggle in year one of Lamont Paris. Outside of that, spring sports at Carolina are pretty good. Uh, the softball team's won nine in a row. The baseball team looks like one of the best teams in the country at this point in time, and we know who the best team in the country is in women's basketball, uh, not to mention all the other sports going on at, at South Carolina right now that have been have been quite successful. It is a beautiful day here at Founders Park. If you're just tuning in, please uh, send us a note in the uh, award-winning Nana Sports chat box. We'll make sure that we fuss and discuss your comments on the air. We're going to try to reel in some uh, one or two folks over the next hour and a half or so in our program uh, to talk some Gamecock baseball and more. JC is off today. Uh, he has he has come ill, put it that way, and um, and he'll be rejoining us on Monday. But Phil and I know how to do this, so we'll do it until 1 o'clock, and we hope you will as well. It is time for a timeout. But inside the Gamecocks, the show live from Founders Park will return from the Sinorama Studios in just a moment. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Sinorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Sinorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Sinorama.com and find the West Columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Sinorama. Columbia and go Gamecocks. Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. 
Center in MLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182. Gamecock Nation, JB here, and I'm here to tell you about my new favorite painting company, A Couple of Painters. These guys are the best. Gamecock fans and excellent painters, and by far the best and easiest quote I've received. They're licensed in both South Carolina and Georgia. They offer 10% off for military, repeat customers, or if you heard it on the show, commercial and residential painting, deck, fence, and cabin staining, cabinet and furniture refinishing. They'll even remove popcorn ceilings and wallpaper, and they offer pressure washing. Find them on Facebook or call 803-522-6832. A couple of painters, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues, and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fee's low too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, Do you have 843-699-1001 as Matt's contact number? Yeah, man, I sure do that. Or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) I'm getting all that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. This is former All-American shortstop Drew Meyer, and you're listening to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Go Gamecocks. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody. The show is presented to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. Give John and his team a call, 803-446-4662, to talk about a potential outdoor retreat for your yard. And, of course, the first hour of the show is brought to you by Cindy Searfoss and the Coldwell Banker Kane Realty team here in the upstate. The uh, You can get in touch with Cindy at 864-414-5271. Should be happy to take care of all your upstate residential real estate needs. And, of course, I would say, you know, we are coffee and donuts away with all the pastors here from a uh, nice little study group in the chat box. <laughs> <laughs> happy to have Gamecock Pastor in the house. No doubt. Of our longtime listeners. Daniel, we've got a couple other pastors around that listen to the show, so we're happy to have everybody here today. Uh, certainly, uh, certainly happy to have all of you. I am uh, from Founders Park. Uh, you probably were able to see our camera on Founders Park just a couple of minutes ago. You will see it again here in just a few moments as well. Gamecock set to throw the first pitch against the Penn Quakers today at four o'clock, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna attempt to to reel in whoever we can before we hop off the air at one o'clock today to kind of talk about some of this series and the start uh, for South Carolina baseball. It, it always makes me happy to be back in Founders Park. It does feel home, uh, no doubt. It's uh, one of the most beautiful ballparks in, in college baseball. And uh, as I look around, one of the things that I always was impressed with but never thought too much about were the signs. And, yes, this is a free plug for Signorama. 
yes, we're happy that they're partners with us. Yes, we're happy to be in the Sinorama studios every day. But when you actually look out and realize how good they are at what they do, like the national championship banners behind uh, behind center field and things like that, it's uh, it's pretty impressive. So to Matt Vaughn and his team at Sinorama, thank you. And anybody that anybody out there that needs anything when it comes to signs, um, if you call anybody but Sinorama in Columbia, you've you've lost your mind. That is for sure. There's a reason why they're the preferred sign partner of uh, of Gamecock Athletics. Am I frozen? Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, it's uh, it's you know just it's spotty on the video, man. I don't know what's going on, but uh, you're huh. coming through crystal clear. Huh? How about mm-hmm. now? Is that better? No. <laughs> can you see me now? <laughs> no. Yeah, we can see you, but it's just frozen in this little, you know, half. I don't know, half speaking. Uh, whatever. <laughs> oh. Well, I'll, it's not I'm a, the most flattering pose, but it's okay. It'll, 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 you know, move on, and then it'll freeze in another one here soon. Yeah, I'll, um, well, I'll do my, be- I'll do my best in just a minute to, uh, to get this fixed here. I'm not sure why that would be coming from. Listen, up here. Yeah, but yeah, those ventriloquism lessons you've been taking, JB, have really paid off. <laughs> Yeah, here, here. Uh, Will you uh, uh, give me give me one second? Let me see if I can't fix this for everybody. How about that? Uh, that's great. No, Matt, you're right. Yeah, that, that's the same thing I said. JB's face right now making me uh, me watching Mark and Satterfield's office for two seasons. Yeah, that was it. Like, what? <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. Congrats to Don Staley and the women though for securing their seventh title in ten years in the SEC. Um, some things they were talking about. Uh, well, Ray Tanner, yeah, 76 brought it up. Ray Tanner, take the heights of our baseball program. Fairly solid before. Tanner took us to three state natties, winning the first two. What a glorious time that was. It was. I think we're seeing uh, a similar situation here with Don Staley and the women. Uh, I don't know if there'll be a better comparison just because that program was lost in the woods before she got here and Mm. she has built it from absolute nothing yeah (laughs) to say the least (laughs) yeah yeah i would say that they were um they were pretty pretty terrible Mm -hmm. Uh, i'd say they were actually beyond awful when um when Dawn Staley arrived. Are we still having a rough time with my video? No, you look good now. You're back. You're fresh. It's moving. Good? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you look great. Just wanted to make sure that everything was good to go. I'm sitting here trying to trying to uh, fix anything that I can fix here, but um, you can only do so much sometimes. Yeah, I saw that question. And um, you know, I, I think that it's that that's a uh, that's a it's always a question that people are going to want to fuss and discuss, right? Um, I, I think that there's – you have to ask it a, f- a few certain ways. I really do. Um, I think that um, – yeah, Phil, I'm not, I'm not seeing myself here for whatever reason. You're good. Don't worry about the video. You look good. You're actually, I can see you clear as the nose on my No, face. I'm saying the screen is is blacked out. Like it's not showing me for whatever reason. And I have no oh, idea why. I have no yeah. idea either. Um, I, uh, I don't know what else I could do here. No, whatever you just did, you froze yourself again. There you go. Now you're back. Am I back? Yeah, yeah I don't back. know. I don't know Still what else frozen? to do about this. 
Uh, <laughs> we'll work it out. It's Founders uh, Wi-Fi. I'm sure yeah. it's just something's getting lost in communication there. But yeah, you sound, it, you sound good. So I tell you what, thing. let me uh, let's 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 hit a quick timeout and let me see if I can't try to fix this during the break. Okay, so we'll hit a timeout and we'll be right back on Inside the Gamecocks. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Oh, easy. He's got a tiger by the tail. He has. He better hang on too. People have spoken. Nana's Porch was voted the third best food truck or trailer by the Charlotte newspaper Public Poll. Also, their pimento cheese mm, took third in a contest exclusively for products made in the state of North Carolina. I will let Noah Hall tell you about the rest. Nana's Porch, Southern Cuisine with an Uptown Twist. We're well into the new year and the days of being back in the pool and boat are quickly approaching. Many of us don't have the time to hit the gym, but Charleston Fitness Equipment can change that for you. Outfit your home with a treadmill, elliptical, or my favorite, a home rower that allows you to row with the pros all over the world. They have free weights, home gyms, flooring, and much more that makes keeping or getting in shape much more convenient. Located in Mount Pleasant, visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com for more. Get in shape like our Gamecocks. Charleston Fitness Equipment, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks. Top Nation. Do you need a place to stay for the big game? Many hotel booking engines keep all the commissions, but at Fan Plans, you support inside the Gamecocks, still earn your hotel loyalty points, and you receive an email with direct confirmation from the hotel. Whether you are visiting Columbia to cheer on Carolina or hitting the road to follow the team, get in the stands with Fan Plans. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Uh, this is Coach O. Now back to the show. Go Tigers. In the soul. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody. Looks like JB's back. What's interesting, though, is like I can see you even when they can't. So it's like, I'm not the guy to ask. I know. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you look good. You sound, but the, I mean, the good thing for me is your audio hasn't cut out. So it was like, we don't have to go back and, and do any, you know, crazy magic to make the podcast. come across. Yeah. I can't, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't figure it out here. I mean, I really don't, that, you know, giant black square is what uh, the projected starter Owen Cody for the Penn uh, Quakers sees when he gets up on the bump today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How about that? Everything good now? Uh, you froze again, man. It's all right. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do my best to, uh, to at least uh, try to sound good as the afternoon mo- moves along here. I'm not sure what else I can possibly do with all this. Um, but, uh, luckily we do have things like commercial breaks. Yeah. It's limited, uh, for what it is that we can do inside this platform anyway. So yeah, there you are. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll continue to work on. And he's gone. (laughs) I love it. So we're working out all the kinks of actually doing our first, uh, live remote. Right. So we'll see if, uh, JB can't come back here in just a second, but projected starter for, 
Penn, as I'm looking here, according to Penn Athletics tonight, is going to be Owen Cody, 7-1 record, 2.8 ERA last year. Will Sanders on the bump for Gamecocks. We had an excellent outing, albeit maybe, oh, I don't know, not as good as he'd wished it was on opening day last Friday. But still gets the W nonetheless. JB's back. I'm not going to move your camera around. Maybe it is something in StreamYard, but you're back. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think it's here. My camera here has been working just fine. Yeah, I, I have no idea. Maybe it's, it's something through the internet. It's really the it's really the strangest thing. I'm I'm doing everything I possibly can to fix it, but um it's just not working and I don't know why. So <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to I don't know. We'll we'll see what it is moving forward. Seems to be working just fine now. But uh, yeah, well, as far as the who's the greatest coach in the in the history of the program type thing, like I from a university standpoint, I feel like the most impactful coach ever is Steve Spurrier. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. yeah I think so. Yeah, like I, I think he's the most impactful coach ever. At South Carolina, because everything changed when he got here. the The commitment to facilities changed, the money changed. You know, the whole nine yards. Um, you know, who's the most successful coach ever at South Carolina? I mean, yeah, I mean, between Coach Tanner and Don Staley, you know, you 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 pick your winner. Um, right. <laughs> Co- you know, Coach Tanner. I mean, he didn't walk into a stellar position at Carolina. Um, you know, it was, if people remember, I mean, that the program was down at the tail end of June Reigns' tenure as the head coach here. Now it wasn't in the tank, like, like game uh, women's basketball was under Susan Walvius. I mean, they were horrible. Um, you know, and, and, and then you look at, um, you know, what it, what it takes and what you have to do to get things turned around. Right. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, when Don got here, uh, the SEC was um, a good league. Um, this year, I, I think it's down, but um, it was a good league. I mean, obviously, Tennessee was the star of the show. Um, when Coach Tanner got here, SEC baseball was still outstanding. I mean, it, that was that was the run of LSU, uh, and LSU was hitting 145 home runs a year back then, and the rest of the league was just amazing. So. Yeah, but I mean, when you when you look back and, and say, you know, who's the most successful coach? It's it's between those two. I think the most impactful is Steve Spurrier, and um, and um, but you know, one day we actually might end up saying uh, that the most impactful coach in the history of the program is Coach Tanner. Um, we'll see how it all finishes up for him um, once he's done and his hires complete their tenures at Carolina. We'll see what they end up achieving, and and all the projects come to fruition and all that stuff. You might end up saying that they the guy that had the biggest influence on the future of the University of South Carolina was, was Ray Tanner. We didn't see it then, but we see it now. Um, we just don't know. No, I know. You know, when you consider his, you know, now that he's post-coaching and as athletic director, uh, with some of the moves that he's made, I mean, he could be positioning himself to, you know, be firmly in that category. It all depends on, you know, how things are going to work out. It all hinges on you, Lamont Paris. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Looking at you. <laughs> Well, I mean, and and you know the I, I know that, uh, and and I'm not going to turn. Like that, though, JB, it's I mean, you know, I I don't think you can, you know, I know a lot of people hate Ray, and I really don't understand that. But I mean, he really has shepherded a, us through some 
pretty significant infrastructure, you know, improvements. And, you know, he's, you know, his coaching hires are, you know, what he will be graded on ultimately, but we'll, we'll see how all that pans out. Yeah, exactly. Well, like I'm not gonna, I'm not here to change anybody's mind. Right. And I'm not going to turn. You can hear me. Okay. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sound great. Uh, I'm not going to turn, you know, our, our, our Friday afternoon into, you know, the, the love hate conversation about coach Tanner, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Um, but, but I'll say this, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to judge anything in my mind until it's, until it's all over. Um, I, I don't know. We don't know how it's all going to work out. Like, what? What if? What if Mark Kingston goes to Omaha this year? Um, you know, what if Lamont Paris next year ends up in in the dance in year number two? Um, you know, what if Shane Beamer walks out next year and goes ten and two in the SEC East and somehow backdoors his way into the SEC championship game? Which obviously things are going well with Coach Beamer right now. Um, you, you don't, you don't know until the book is closed. And I, I think with coach Tanner, uh, you know, his main, what people hammer him the most for is hiring coach Muschamp after, after coach Spurrier. Right. Um, and that's, and that's fair because it didn't, it didn't work out. I mean, we certainly thought after year two that it was going to work out. He went nine and four with win over Michigan in the bowl game. And, and we thought, you know, it's okay. This thing's going to work out, and and then and then it didn't work out. And you know, when you actually go back to the process of hiring Will Muschamp, um, it was it was a it was a a planet away from the process of hiring Coach Beamer, right? I mean, yeah, you, your your pool of candidates, then. I mean, you, you had Rich Rodriguez, and you know, I, I know that there's people that say, well, Lincoln Riley wanted to come here. Well, no, he didn't. Um, you know, Lincoln Riley was a guy whose name came up, but he wasn't coming to Carolina. So, you know, you, you had this pool of coaches and, and he hired a guy who, although you could say, and I, I would agree with that, that he had failed at Florida as his, as a first time timer head coach in the SEC. Um, he was still a guy who was widely respected and there were a lot of people in coach Tanner's corner not at the university, I'm talking about outside of that, who were saying, you know, if you give him another chance, you know, that that might be a place he can win because he was named the head coach in waiting at Texas, Phil. Yeah, um, yeah, before Florida. I mean, I, th- I thought it was a surprise that he actually went to Florida because everybody, you know, like you said, he was going to take over for Mac Brown when he left Texas. Right, exactly. I mean, I mean, he's being groomed for that. Yeah, I mean, everybody in the country wanted him. I mean, do you remember how bad people wanted Will Muschamp as the defensive coordinator going into 2015 after he got fired at Florida, everybody wanted him at South Carolina. Everybody Auburn wanted got him. lucky. I mean, you can't say that the Auburn defense did not benefit from him being there. Oh, no question. Yeah, I mean, everybody wanted him to be here and in Garnet and Black, and then Coach Spurrier didn't hire him. You know, he hired John Hoke instead. It didn't work out. Um would that would Steve Spurrier have lasted longer had Will Muschamp come on as the defensive coordinator at South Carolina? I'm not sure, 
because Coach Mushyev wanted to be a head coach again. Um, you know, so I, I, I don't think so, but he's a guy who was unbelievably widely respected as a, as a defensive coordinator and it, and it did not work at Florida. And they, and they just thought that, you know, a guy who understands this league, who understands this division, who understands the state, which will has had recruited it so many times, grew up right next door to it. Um, you know, that he would be a guy that they could settle on that would, that would stabilize things. Cause remember Steve, Steve Spurrier's last season at Carolina was three and nine, you know, I mean, he, he left in the middle of the year and, um, but it didn't work. It didn't work. And that's where everybody has mostly hung their hat on Coach Tanner. You can't hang it on Coach Holbrook. He was the right hire at the time. And, and Coach Holbrook, you know, when you actually look back, had had some success here at South Carolina. Uh, but the benchmark had already been had already been made uh, based on his predecessors. Um, yeah. And so he moved, they moved on to, to Coach Kingston. So the book's still open on everything. The book is closed on, on Will Muschamp, uh, clearly, and that just didn't work. Yeah, and I think, you know, Holbrook – had the unfortunate role of being the guy after the guy, right? I mean, you never want to be the guy after the guy. It doesn't matter what the program is, but you know, that's the, because the expectations are going to be so high. You're still playing with a lot of the recruits from the previous coaching staff and, and just, you know, it's hard to meet those expectations. Yeah. Uh, But I think it's a little different with Will because the program was not necessarily at its best when Spurrier walked out the door mid season. Right. (laughs) fairly sure we can all agree to that that recruiting was not as good as it was back during the you know the the, the pinnacle of his tenure um but you know yeah and I, I Muschamp was a coveted name I know that we ended up I think you know kind of settling for him when Kirby got the job at Georgia mm-hmm. uh you know which are just things that are beyond our control right because because I'm pretty sure from what my understanding is is that Kirby was coming here period and it might have been brief you know, until the Georgia job opened up, but he was going to be the head coach of South Carolina, except for the fact that UGA came calling. Yeah, I, absolutely. I mean, he was a guy, I mean, coach Tanner was basically in his kitchen, you know? And um, I, I think, you know, I, I get asked this question often. I just had this conversation maybe a couple of weeks ago. It's a hypothetical, but you know, would it have been any different for Kirby smart at South Carolina than it was for Will Muschamp? Um, you'd like to think, obviously, you know, looking at Kirby's success at, at Georgia, that it that it would have been right. But I mean, at the same time, you know, I don't I don't know that that's a slam dunk type of answer because you, Georgia and South Carolina are two different programs. You're talking about white collar versus blue collar. Um, you know, and we've said this a thousand times. If we've said it once, JC says it all the time. Like, you have to be able to recruit to a place like South Carolina. You got to be able to understand it. Um, I, yep. I don't think that Coach Muschamp understood it. And I know his staff didn't. Uh, you know, it's you. You look at Shane. How many times has have his hires been questioned? But boy, they sure do work out pretty well. And and Shane and Coach Beamer's a guy that understands this football program. He gets it. He understands the people. Uh, he understands how things work around here and and what type of kids you have to recruit and how you have to recruit them. You can't just walk in with a logo on your shirt and be like, "Well, why wouldn't you want to play for us?" You know, you, you can't do that. You can do that at Georgia. You can do that at Alabama. So. Um, you know, and then, and then elsewhere, you know, kind of, cause you're right about the, the, and I saw, I think we saw it just a minute ago. Um, where is it? Uh, Bru- uh Bruin nation game cut barbecue said we settled on Muschamp because of Kirby and Tom Herman. Nobody wanted him here after Spurrier. 
I mean, I wouldn't go as far as to say as nobody. I know a lot of people actually that were like, actually, that's not a bad hire. Um, and you know, I wouldn't say that they were were jumping through hoops. Of course, there's a lot of people that were saying that's not a quote bad hire when Shane Beamer got hired as well. But his point though is well taken because Kirby and and Tom Herman seem to be the top two names. Phil, again, I can't say anything with certainty. You know me, man. I, I don't say things that I don't know. Yeah, like if I don't know it, it, it I'm going to preface it. <laughs> I don't know this, but I'm going to take a highly educated guess. If Tom Herman ended up at South Carolina, you could have counted on him being here for about two years at the most. He he could have cared less about the University of South Carolina. Tom Herman wanted to coach football. This would have been a way for him to get in and move on. Um and um, would he have been successful? I, I don't. I don't know that answer. Uh, I don't know that answer. I do know this answer. Uh, Coach Spurrier once said, "Every coaching's all about timing," and and the, the time was right for Shane Beamer to get hired at South Carolina. Had it been a year or two years prior, and and Coach Muschamp ended up having to depart the program, Shane Beamer wouldn't be the head football coach here at Carolina. I do. I don't believe that at all. No, no, I don't either. I mean, you know, it's uh, you speak to the timing aspect of it. Yeah, I mean, if we'd have fired him, let's say, because people were getting ready to get rid of him even, you know, before the COVID season. Yeah. So, you know, if you'd have done that, you definitely don't have Shane Beamer at that point. Yeah. And, you know, I believe that our program has benefited greatly by the fact that Coach Beamer is now our head coach. And you know what? Those responsibilities fought, fell on the shoulders of none other than Ray Tanner. So you got to give him the credit there. Um, and just, you know, and, and, and we'll see. I mean, Beamer, we all, you know, we all love this program and, and think that it's going to go to great heights. But I feel like we are set up the way things are going uh, in the background and with recruiting that it is not unrealistic to think that we will be competing in the toughest league in football. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's, 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 it's great. Like I, we just saw it here uh, just a moment ago in the Nana sports chat box and really good stuff. They appreciate y'all. And, um, and here just a little bit, we'll give you another shot of founders park as they're soaking down the infield out there. And some of the players are starting to make their way kind of down into the dugout. But um, Howard said when Muschamp was hired, I thought that he learned from his mistakes at Florida, but not. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, I was one of those that, that, kind of thought as much too i thought okay you know here's a guy who's been through the battles of the sec he he knows the sec now he knows it as a head coach he knew it as a player he knew knew it as an assistant coach he knew it as a head coach um matter of fact you you phil you remember when he made the comment he said um had he hired kurt roper at florida he'd still be there yes right (laughs) Yeah, so that's how he sold Roper to us. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. And, you know, and so like, and and I'm I'm not I'm not you know gonna, gonna spend all day picking on Coach Muschamp because that's not that's not what this is about at all. But but like when I remember when he said that, and I remember thinking to myself, makes sense. Okay, he needed to score more points. He feels like he's got a guy that can score points. You don't need to score a ton of points uh, in a Will Muschamp program. Um, you know his. De- you should be able to expect his defense to to largely carry you through the year, and and that just didn't work. You know it just didn't work, and that's when we really started to kind of figure out a little bit here that wait a second. Um, you know I I'm not sure if if he is the guy or not. I'll maintain this though. 
The Florida game in 2018 is when it went off the rails. Oh, that was the beginning of the end. That was the beginning of the end. I think he was in a pretty good position uh, prior to that. I, I think even with uh, you know the hire of BMAC you know, or the promotion of BMAC to OC, um, I thought that um, you know he he this thing was maintaining, if not slowly growing, and and that Florida game just devastated this program and and then from there i mean it was it was hard to watch the rest of the season you know that yeah they go up to clemson and they well they score 35 points in the game uh, which everybody was excited because jake threw for 565 yards i'm like yeah but they lost by three touchdowns um, so yeah you let them score you know what yeah 60 <laughs> 35 points is great ain't that good when you're giving up 56 so um you know and then and then obviously the virginia debacle happened uh, in the in the bowl game and, and 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 from there you know that that's when the fangs started to come out inside of the fan base had they won that florida game i i think you know i'm not sure, saying they're going to beat they were going to beat clemson i don't actually think they would have beaten clemson at all but but the finish to the season would have been i mean they, they would have had eight wins that year so yeah. i mean you would have slipped one you know it, actually had you won the florida game you might have been in a different bowl game um, so who knows what would have happened? You might have been right back at nine wins. You know, this thing might not have gotten to where it was, but everything happens for a reason. And as it began to decline and they made the move that they made, that is the reason why Shane Beamer here is is sitting here today. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And uh, you know, speaking of Roper, because I think uh my Bruin Nation again brings up, you know, the must champ failure, not hiring the right coaches is why everyone uh, was in an uproar over the Loggins hire. I think so. I think everybody with Dow Loggins said, you know, some holdover PTSD. Not only that, but, you know, we 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 all viewed Satterfield as this NFL mind. Uh, and then we're getting another one, you know, <laughs> thrown yeah. at us. But it's a completely different set of circumstances as, you know, we have laid out in that, you know, here. Dow Loggins has been in the NFL for 20 years. Uh, and you know, didn't just have a cup of coffee with his with his buddy Matt Rule at uh, <laughs> before he came to yeah, South Carolina. Yeah, and like I, the other guy. And I, I actually think that um, I actually think that should we call him Bruin Nation or Gamecock Barbecue? I actually think he's on to something there. But but I would I would turn those words a little bit as you pointed out the Muschamp failure of not hiring right coaches is why everyone was in an uproar of the log entire. We all felt like this was much champ 2.0 with the coordinator hires. So first and foremost, uh, that's called PTSD. Right. <laughs> um, and, um, but, but I, I don't, I, I, there's, there's, you're, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, I do think he made a, a really good hire prior to the end of his tenure. And that was, that was Mike Bobo. People oh, can hammer yeah. that, that hire all they want to. At that point in time, Mike Bobo was absolutely the best offensive coordinator he could go out and get, and and they proved it by you know leading Kevin Kevin Harris coming out of nowhere and running for thirteen hundred yards in ten SEC games. But it it was over. I mean, the, the, everything was over. The team was falling apart inside of the locker room. You know, they didn't have a quarterback. I mean, it was it was over, right? So, but prior to that, yes. And then I would add on to his comment there. I mean, I think that. I think that the hire of Coach Satterfield, because we all – I remember when Coach Sat got hired, and we were all going, who the hell is Marcus Satterfield? <laughs> like, uh, you know, who is this guy, right? We, you know, so we, right. we had to go – no no, no offense to Coach Beamer or anything like that. I mean, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not trying to be personal. I'm, I didn't know who he was. 
And so I was like, you know, I feel like generally, um, yeah, I remember when Sat got here and he made the retreads comment. And he was right on it, though, because generally that is a lot of what you see is a lot of retreads in the SEC. The same names pop up over and over and over. Mm-hmm. And so I, I thought that for sure they were going to hire somebody that had a little bit more familiarity with Gamecock football. Um, and, and then this guy got hired and nobody nobody knew who he was. Everybody questioned who he was and what he had done as you started digging in and pulling up his stats and all those type of things. Uh, you can probably hear some music playing over the loudspeaker here. Um, I say, heard the train earlier, so there's yeah. no denying you're at Founders. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll, when we when we come back from breaking a few minutes, we'll give you more of a, another live shot from Founders Park because they're set to take BP here in just a moment. Monty Lee is making his way down to the down to the field now, but but we started digging in on Marcus Satterfield, and we realized really quickly, man, this I'm not sure if this guy like he's had some success, but it's not really success, and he's been here and he's been there, and how does that equate? And then everybody's worst fears essentially came to fruition. And then you bring in Spencer Rattler, and it seemingly didn't get better until the last couple games of the year. So when Dowell got hired, people were like, there's that PTSD, right? It was like, oh, wait, well, no, hold on just a second here. We just went through this. Will yeah, Muschamp yeah. hired Kurt Roper after one year in the league, and that didn't work. He promoted BMAC. That didn't work. So, and this is all coming off of what? The, the greatest offensive experience in the history of Gamecock football? I yeah, mean, you're talking about one of the masterminds in the history of the sport for 11 years who was running your offense, and even in the downs, you knew it was always going to come back up. Oh, yeah. You're spoiled on the greatest play caller to have ever, you know, <laughs> yeah. put on a headset, you know? <laughs> yep. yep. So, I yeah. mean, it was uh, – it, it's been an experience, and it's been a whirlwind, but um, I tell you what, and I'm, I'm he- actually heading to the facility tomorrow morning for a little while, and maybe – Coach Loggins will be around. I get a chance to introduce myself, but um, the things that I've heard coming out of that building are not the things that I heard coming out of that building over the last two years. Not even close, actually. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's you know, from my understanding and and what I've been told from you know folks that talk to the guys inside the building is that there is a completely different feel around there than there was you know prior to Beamer arriving. Just you know, top to bottom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Matt chimes in on the Nanosports chat box. He says the biggest PTSD was the NFL tag on Dow. I, I agree with that. Again, yeah. want to add context to it. The fact that this guy did call plays in the NFL for, for a long time. Uh, and um, and unfortunately, Coach Satterfield did not. Um, but, um, but yes, there's, um, th- there's a lot to unpack. And, and a lot of these conversations are very surface and never truly in depth and detail. And, and we try to have as as many of those as we can. Bruin says, I'm going on record. If we struggle to score on UNC, the chatter will start again. You don't, you're not going to be the only one going on record with that. Uh, there's no doubt. I, I would also say this. Um, I think we learned last year uh, things can change, and uh, let's let's certainly make sure that we, we give everything a fair shake before we, we jump to Twitter and message boards and inside the Gamecocks and so on and so forth and start calling for heads to fall off before the, uh, before the season uh, gets going. Yeah, uh, that's right. We're not going to grab our torches and pitchforks after uh, the first game. However, we'll have them handy. Yeah. <laughs> They'll be near, nearby, and uh, yeah. so will the uh, so will the uh, so will the blowtorch to make sure they can be lit as loudly and as brightly as they can be. Uh, H Man says, "Lord, that Mizzou game this past season was one of the worst offensive games I've ever seen called." Yeah, yeah, it was Florida. 
It was up there. Um, Both. There was. It it just goes to. This is a this what we saw in twenty twenty two. Um. It it was amazing how we finished this season. Period. Yeah, it it really was. That's where I was going. Yeah. I'm a I'm a I'm a big uh, I'm I'm a strange bird when it comes to thinking about life. Um, I've just lost so much in my life, and I wish I could get those moments back. And I always appreciate the stories that my 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 dad would tell before he passed, and my uncles and aunts and all these people. My mom. These that season will be the story that we're telling to our grandchildren one day. Um, it will be, you know, it, it'll be. You know, hopefully, my kids grow up and, and love it as much as I do, and, and their kids, and so on and so forth. Uh, Phil, and one day I'll be sitting in a recliner, of, you know, about seventy years old or so, and I'll be saying, "Back in twenty twenty two, we had ju- we had just hired this guy named Shane Beamer. They couldn't score any points. They went down to Florida, didn't score one point, and then the next week they hung sixty three on the fifth ranked Tennessee Volunteers inside of Williams Bryce Stadium, and I about had a heart attack and fell out of the bleachers." Yeah. Uh, and then the next week we turned around and ended a seven-game losing streak at Clemson, and they have won 41 in a row at their ballpark, and we scored 31 in that game. I don't know what happened. Came from like, behind after throwing, you know, yeah, yeah, end zone interception. I mean, yeah, I mean, the story is just absolutely beautiful. It really yeah. is. Yeah. Those are the – And uh, what a great jumping off point. You know, it was like if we can get, reach the heights that we all want to attain with this football program, I mean, you're right. That's, that's exactly what you're going to point to are those last two games in 2022 – and we all live through it, and we're all going to be fortunate to remember until we're, you know, one foot in the grave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And when we get to heaven, we'll be telling the same same story. Yeah, it's, that's right. Yeah, we'll just be reliving it over and over again, hopefully with, you know, a hundred other moments just like that, that that we'll be able to build upon throughout all the different yeah. programs. There's no doubt. What these eyes have seen, oh, my goodness. What they're seeing right now is the – South Carolina Gamecocks begin to mosey on out and get ready for BP, set to start here in just a couple of minutes. It's a 4 o'clock first pitch here from Founders Park today. When we return for our number two, we'll give you a live shot of what it looks like with Carolina on the field. Uh, we will. I see it there. This is on the agenda. Uh, we will get to some of the circulation of, or excuse me, some of the rumors circulating on Justin Stepp, where they have begun, what I have heard. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more Carolina baseball. We're still going to try to reel in a, a guest if we can't if we can before the uh, before the end of the final hour here. So, everybody, hang tight. Live from Founders Park inside the Gamecocks. We'll be right back. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. The home of Oventon, Velotric, Magnum Bikes, and more, they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Their electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Visit electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant if you're in the low country. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. The real estate market has changed dramatically from just a year ago. Rates, supply, demand, all of your traditional factors are in a transition phase. That's why if you or someone you know are considering making a move in the low country, contact me, JB, 
at Coast to Coast Realty. I work with an outstanding support cast of attorneys, lenders, inspectors, insurance agents, and more, all of whom are valuable in helping find a way for you to comfortably make your real estate decision. That's right. Call me, JB, your Low Country real estate broadcaster. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter, at Mayor Taylor, and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. (laughs) You're tuned into Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Sideline is picked off. Brad Edwards will get a convoy. Touchdown, South Carolina. Chicken's got a racial spurs, spurs, spurs. You ain't just a bird, bird, bird. You're top of the coop, star of the show. You're a rooster who's born to crow. Well, I bet you wonder when, when you win or lost a step or two. Fell down the order. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody. JB, live from Founders Park, ahead of the opening game of the series against the Penn Quakers on the baseball diamond. Beautiful shot of Founders there. Wish we could all be there with you, JB. Yeah, no doubt. I know that, um, that I'm having some difficulties when it comes to being able to see me on the screen, but um, I'll talk over it while you get a, uh, a quick chance to to take a look at um, at Founders Park as uh, Monty Lee is is setting these guys up for some BP. Uh, we are just under four hours before first pitch today against the Penn Quakers. South Carolina is looking to get to six and zero oh to start the season, and what should be Phil their I would think their toughest competition uh, of the season thus far. Um, Penn is a team that's going to open their, their season here. They haven't actually had a chance to, to get out on the diamond and play yet, but, um, but certainly looking forward to, to seeing what these guys have. And, and I think most interesting to me is, uh, to, to see Will Sanders today, um, to speak a little bit of baseball, actual baseball. Um, these guys, you know, he was a little up last week. And I think they'd like to see him be able to get that fastball more down in the zone. And, um, and that's something I know they've been working on. So anxious to see what he looks like today as they, uh, as they get through Quakers in town here in a couple hours. Oh, yeah, for sure. It would be good to see Will back on the mound. I'm sure he's, he's got some pitches he'd want to get back from uh, the opener. But still, you know, came out with the win. Uh, I don't think we saw anything from him last week that was like unexpected or shocking or uh, that would make us believe that he's not going to continue to be a weekend starter for us. So, uh, you know, just another game, a little bit more experience, right? Absolutely. <laughs> just a little more comfort. <laughs> the, um, the, uh, the, and again, I apologize because I think my camera's frozen up here once more, but, um, the the comment of the day in the Nana Sports chat box goes to 
Uh, Clint, looks like a bright, clear Sansbury day here at Founders Park. I'll make sure to pass that on to Tommy Moody when I see him in just a little while. Bright, clear Sansbury day. Um, but uh, we'll get into a little bit more baseball in just a few minutes. Let me remind all of you as well, coming up in just a few days, a couple of painters are going to pick a winner, and somebody is going to win a Gamecock room. They're going to paint it garnet and black for you. And if you want to win that, you need to hit get on Facebook and make sure you go to their Facebook page, a couple of painters. And um, and when you get there, you just send them a direct message and you put your phone number and your email address in there as well. And once you do that, you will be qualified to win a Gamecock room. Again, painted garnet and black. It will be the right garnet uh, for you to be able to, uh, to enjoy your Gamecocks in football, baseball, basketball, whatever it is. So we appreciate them painting our show garnet and black every day. They're going to be doing some painting at my house soon. They are all over the state of South Carolina and all over the state of Georgia licensed and insured. They're the best of the best. And as we say often, Phil, nobody ever knows a good painter ever. Yeah. Like when you need something painted, it's always like, hey, man, you know any good painters? You're always asking around. It's always word of mouth. It's always referral. We'll take it from our mouths and take our referral. If you need painting, use these guys, a couple of painters. Uh, and uh, fall, head to their website as well at lemmepaintsomething.com. All right. Uh, the Justin- I usually end up doing it myself, JB, and that is not yeah. – <laughs> what a pain that is. Yeah, it's it's yeah. one of those pay-the-man things with painting for me anymore. It was like, no, nope, too old, too impatient, don't want to do that. Nope. Yeah, no thanks. Um, I, I agree with you, man. I absolutely agree. I um, let's see if I can't uh, find a way to fix some of this. I'm still getting a little bit of. Uh, hey, you're moving again. Yeah, <laughs> at least on my end. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to fix it, but um, we're just having some some uh, some issues here. So Scott Wingo, I think might be able to pop in and see us here in about 20 or 25 minutes or so. Watch and, all our uh, technical issues just resolve themselves when Scott gets on there. <laughs> well, I actually, I, I actually think Wingo is where the technical issues started. Um, <laughs> because everything was good until Scotty going on, so we'll we'll try to get it all rebooted and stuff like that before Wingo uh, pops in here. Maybe around twelve thirty or so. It might be through. I'm not sure what group is on the field for Carolina right now, but um, Monty's certainly out there on the bump, and I have not seen Scotty. I know he's been at the ballpark for a little while. So, um, quickly here on this uh, this Billy Napier thing. So. For those that are wondering what's going on, his name has emerged on a board um, at Florida to take over the wide receivers coaching position because their wide receivers coach has departed for, is it the Denver Broncos? I think, I think so. I think, it's, I think it's Denver. I think it's Denver. Um and, and according to one of their 24-7 insiders, uh, his name has begun to, to pick up steam. Uh, you know, you, I guess you just never, ever say never to anything. Uh, I would be – I checked on this this morning. Um, I'd be beyond stunned uh, to, to see anything like that actually happen. So uh, I, I think Carolina fans, it is a beautiful day outside. I would enjoy your day with – without sweating about losing uh, Justin Stepp, the wide receivers coach here at South Carolina. So we'll try to – we'll do our best to try to help Shane Beamer put that rumor to bed. How's that sound? Yeah, I think – I mean, you know, you just signed a, a five-star kid who's, you know, got Olympic speed <laughs> and is going to be wide receiver 
for you next year, why would you leave? Yeah. <laughs> why would you leave? For, for, why would you make a lateral move at that with that kind of talent? Yeah, I, I don't think. Um, and returning one of the best in the SEC anyway. So, I mean, yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. Dream on, Florida message board warriors. Dream on. Yeah, yeah. We'll um, we'll leave that to them and and focus on on other things like Gamecock baseball today. The nation's home run leaders, Phil, they've hit twenty. That is four more than Wake Forest, who has hit sixteen, and seven more than Texas State, whom has hit just thirteen through five games this year to to open it up. So they are they're really tearing the cover off the ball. The eighty runs in the first five games is the most in school history after five games the first five games on the schedule the 20 runs on opening day were the most scored in a season opener since 2008 that was 22 that they put up uh, in that ball game against the east carolina pirates and the 37 runs in the first two games of the season were the most since 2004 when carolina hung 41 on charleston southern and how about this the 49 runs are the most in the first three games of the year since 1980 when the game got scored 59 in their first three games. So um, they, 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 they've got a lot of really good stuff going on there. Uh, the South Carolina rotation as well uh, comes in at seventh in the country with a 1.4 uh, earned run average, and opponents are hitting just a buck 41 against them, and on-base percentage sits at just 215. <laughs> So, Jeez. so far, so good. They're also fielding yeah. at a 983 clip, um, and uh, you, you just got to be happy with what you've seen out of out of Carolina baseball. I can tell you this, you know, just watching it from upstairs today, since I've been in the ballpark, I got here about 10 o'clock this morning. Um, it's, it's a, it is a pretty loose bunch of kids, but uh, it is a, it's a, it's a well put together bunch of kids. Um, they show up to the ballpark with a purpose, but at the same time, they seem to kind of take it all in stride, and that's always good to see. You know, baseball is one of those games where I think it's just it's the easiest to kind of kick back and have some fun too. You know, it was like uh, that's my experience in it. Every time I played, I think it was the it was the one it was the one sport I played that act- actively during the game could have the most fun playing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say, I'd say so. Uh, back to the Nana's Porsche chat box. Clint uh, says uh, the camera would probably work better if you were down on the field taking BP. JB, just a thought. The last time I took BP uh, with Monty Lee, it didn't go so well. So you're not going to see that uh, at all. Um, that was oh god, seven, sixteen years ago. Um. Yeah, so I'm not going to get out here and ruin anything for, for Carolina baseball uh, as they try to stay undefeated. But I hear you. Uh, we Next time we're here, because we, we plan to do a few more of these, um, I'm using a different camera today. I won't do that next time. I'll, uh, I'll fix that because the Wi-Fi right now is lightning quick. So uh, we'll, we'll get that fixed. Yeah, I mean, you, you sound immaculate <laughs> i mean it's coming through great like yeah. and maybe even better than when you're in the studio <laughs> yeah yeah well um i'll get with kent and we'll just try to make this our our permanent studio up here yeah that's that? right that's right yeah, i'll tell you what south carolina hats off to the game i've been in this booth before i've done live stuff up here um and i've said this multiple times they they give the opposing radio guys a hell of a setup because I'm in the, I was going to be in the home booth today, where Derek and Tommy usually sit. I think today is, um, 
I think Coach Lake is calling it with with Tommy because I know Derek is is in Anderson today for some work, and then he's got to head to Knoxville. Hmm. So I think Coach Lake is going to call the game with, with Tommy. But the visitors booth, I mean, you can see it here on the camera. So yeah, they give that's them a. Kind of that's, that's not always. That's not always the case, man. No, you go to, you yeah, go to a lot of schools. like closets, broom closets. Oh, absolutely. You go to a lot of schools and they, they'll shove you in a broom closet. They'll put you on the roof. It's like uh, being I mean, in a high school press box. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, there's no doubt. Um, so it's, um, yeah, very, very thankful that, uh, that Game Cut Baseball treats us so well around here. And um, when I get off, we couldn't, couldn't reel a mark in or Coach Kingston in to, to hop on the air. But when I get off, I'm, I'm going to go down there and spend some time with him. So look forward to to seeing what he's got to say. Mommy Lee almost just lost a lost a lid there with a line drive back up the middle. Uh, the Again, the uh, the Nana's Ports chat box is open and active. It is great to see all of you in there. Um, Matt asks us, inside the Gamecocks, doing any baseball ticket giveaways. You know what, Matt? We could probably pull that off. Um, That's not a bad idea. Yeah, I I, I, uh, I think we could we could figure that out. That's not something that, um, that I've really thought much about. I do know this, Phil. I have $100 worth of golf lesson giveaways at my house that's right from meredith from taylor one meredith taylor that's yep. right thanks mayor for that so i need to we need to give those away here in the very near future because those whose golf game probably like mirroring mine is struggling here early on in 2023 you uh you need to figure it out like this like this video feed does uh, you, you, need to, you need to figure it, it to out. Get its crap together. Yeah, and uh, so we'll try to get somebody on the right track to to give away a hundred dollars uh, worth of that. Hain asked, "Does Penn have a radio broadcast?" They do not. Uh, Hain, uh, they do not. They're not bringing a radio group with a uh, radio crew with them, and um, that's not why I'm over here. I'm just over here because sometimes Tommy Moody likes to get to the to the booth a little early, and we didn't want to be in his way. But um, no, they will not have they will not have uh, radio. If you're going to watch the game today, uh, you'll get uh, you'll get Kip on TV, and uh, as I mentioned, I think you're going to get Stuart Lake in there with with Tommy Moody. So certainly looking forward to listening to those guys starting at four o'clock uh, this afternoon. Um, I had something on the agenda here, but now I have uh, I have oh I, I missed this earlier, and I'd written this down. I wanted to make mm-hmm. sure that I commented on this. Um, Somebody asked earlier, uh, when does USC generally take BP? So that differs, okay? Um, it, it, generally, when you're at home, it's four hours, four hours prior to first pitch. But if you're on the road, um, you're, you're going to be a little bit closer to first pitch. Uh, if you're at a neutral site, uh, it's a coin flip. But uh, g- generally, um, you know, you've got – I mean, somebody's designated as a home team. Somebody's designated as the away team. And then there are some home teams out there as well that, that like to take BP second or last. Um, they, they want everybody to see, you know, especially um, – who, who was on with us the other day that was telling I the know, story? I was about just sitting Taylor. here thinking about that. Who was, who was telling us that story? It might have been – Maybe been, into the softball field. Yeah, I mean, well, I know, Bruce, <laughs> Bruce told that story a bunch. Mm-hmm. And um, and I know maybe maybe Coach Lake might have mentioned it as well, but that that was true. Yeah. 
For anybody that ever used to go to the Sarge, you can attest to this and, and pretty much anywhere else. You know, Coach Tanner made sure to to pretty much put the fear of God in you before the first pitch was ever thrown. Like he wanted he wanted everything to leave the yard. And um you you would go out there at five o'clock for a seven o'clock game and you'd look around and go, Oh my God, you know, what are we walking into here? And um, generally, we kind of followed suit. That's kind of what it was. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, the BP stuff will, will, will change a little bit. But if you're ever coming to Founders, it's four hours prior. They will not let you into the gates uh, for, for batting practice. You're welcome to stand out there on William Street over the right field wall and watch it. Um, but you will not be allowed into uh, the gates. Uh, a uh, four o'clock first pitch. Um, during the weekdays uh, opens the stadium, I think, at 3 o'clock. And a 7 o'clock first pitch opens the ballpark at 6 o'clock. And uh, so just always count on the fact that the um, the ballpark will open an hour before you can uh, – before they throw the first pitch, if that, if that helps anybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. What else we got going on here? Love me at 76. A- I wish I were a golfer. I really do. Meredith would totally get on my business. She's awesome and deserves our appreciation in business. I agree, 76. I'm in the same boat. Not a golfer. Live on a golf course, which is really weird, but don't swing a club. <laughs> well, look, 76, um, first of all, again, you know, congratulations to him and his family, his brother getting through. I, I, I believe it was a liver transplant yep. that liver happened transplant. yesterday. Yeah. Um, so that is just fantastic. I, I am going to, I'm going to put you on the spot here though. 76. Uh, if you want Meredith to get your business, look, um, look at my head, especially when the screen freezes, uh, you can buy a hat like this. And like many others, she sent me five hats. I'm going to do my best to wear all of them at some point in time in the air, the next couple of weeks, the camo one is awesome. Um, but, um, I, uh, there you go. We got another frozen screen. So, um, I have worn this white hat nonstop for the last couple of days. I'm a big fan of it. And uh, so if you want to give her some business, just head to her website and and uh, and purchase one of these hats and wear it around there. They're certainly pretty cool. And if you got a big dome like mine, it's going to fit just fine. Um, so um, there you go. Free shout out to, uh, to to Meredith Taylor, who I also plan to see at some point in time today while we're up here at Founders Park. All right. You've been getting a glimpse of uh, the Gamecocks as they are taking some BP here. It is 12-17 on a just an absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous Friday afternoon uh, in the uh, capital city. Scott Wingo says he is going to join us here in the next 10 or 15 minutes. So we'll look to get him into the booth. I'll give him a headset and hopefully our technology will, will maintain itself uh, when he's able to come talk some ball with us. Um, we will continue to take your questions, comments, concerns, and so much more on the Nana's porch chat box. And uh, if you're looking, if you're tuning in late and you're going, where's JC, JC is under the weather. He's not feeling good. Um, so uh, Phil and I, we can handle it. And we've only got to handle it for 40 more minutes. So we'll do that. And we hope <laughs> you'll stick with us. Uh, he is in the Sinorama Home Studios. I am in the Sinorama Mo- Mobile Studios, which basically built Founders Park here. Sinorama is everywhere to be seen here. Hang tight. We'll be right back. Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. 
In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864-414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182. Hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. You know what, Phil? Let's ask Stoneblatt. Hey JC and Phil, if you want a solution to your IT problems, give Heritage Digital a call. Our boy Matt Odom has a low-cost, one-price solution that will get you running right. Call 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com and ask for Matt. He will hook you up today and tell them Stone City. This is Fresh and All-American, Nicky Memorial of the Carolina Gamecocks, and you are listening to the show with JC and Phil. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody, presented to you by Express Sunrooms in Columbia. Give John Barber and his team a call, 803-446-4662, or reach out via email, johnb at expresssunrooms.com. Talk about a potential patio or porch enclosure for you to protect you from the bugs while you enjoy the outside this summer. And yeah, 76, I'm sure he'll get well soon. We'll do some cool show. The no, the no seals. Oh, yeah, man, I can't stand that. That low country, that's the worst thing about the low country. No. I, that might be the only bad thing about the low country, in my opinion. Nah, nah, you mid, uh, let me tell you something. I got. I walked into the studio this morning when I got to 107.5 The Game. And, of course, I used to live in Columbia. You know, I went to Carolina, lived here for a while afterwards. Loved the city of Columbia. Adore it. I walked in. I told Preston Thorne. I said, man, let me tell you something. I was on assembly at 7.30 getting in here. There wasn't a damn car on the road. I couldn't have gotten that clean out of my neighborhood on right. Johns Island. <laughs> right. The traffic in Charleston literally sucks. It and is bad. 
with the exception of malfunction junction and yeah, a couple of times here and there, there's a bunch of cars on the road in Columbia. It really moves like the Midland for the most part, the Midlands traffic moves like people. I know they've been complaining. It's gotten worse over the years. Oh, everybody keeps moving down here. It's not even close to as bad as the low country. It's horrible. Horrible. No, I know. I know. And they're going to keep doing all that construction right outside of Charleston, you know, as, as, as it all just kind of moves up I-26 towards <laughs> Columbia and they begin to merge, right? It's, it's awful. Oh my goodness. And, and not to mention just in town is, yeah. The, it's, 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 it's ridiculous what they're doing. I don't know. It's uh, interesting. It was like, you know, people complained, oh, the tourists, the tourists, the tourists. And technically, I mean, I don't consider myself a tourist when we're down there because I, well, frankly, did a lot of, we spent a lot of time in the low country when I was growing up and still do because it's our favorite place just to run away and go. Um, yeah, because you can do it, you know, leave here in the morning, be down there on the beach for the day and then just come on home. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, well, but man, it's just, yeah, you're right. Traffic is a nightmare. <laughs> uh, it's, it's an absolute nightmare. You can't do anything anymore. My, you know, my, my family lives out on, um, uh, the Isle of Palms, and, and during the summer, we want to go out there and, and get on the boat, you know, get in the you know, jet skis, sit on the dock, whatever we want to do. You know, you, you got to, I got to leave my house at eight in the morning on Saturday, uh, you know, because you're not going to get there till 9 30. And if you leave any time after that, you're not going to get there till noon. I mean, yeah, it's you're just not going to get a spot. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> you can't park. I know. Yeah. And, and I mean, Hayne, I'm talking about all of it because I'm with you. I mean, I'm up to Somerville all the time. You know, as a matter of fact, I go the back way. I go up Delamar Highway and go past Ashley Ridge. I'd rather just see the scenery, take the long route, than take 26 and all those type things. I mean, it's just it's absolutely ridiculous. Saunders says, we haven't built a new road in 30 years, but we've got 10 times the population. I rue the day where I could get from James Island to West Ashley uh, in, under, in under 10 minutes. I totally agree with that. I mean, three in the morning, maybe? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 insane uh it's just it's just insane but uh hats off to the city of columbia for allowing me to breeze in this morning uh and uh <laughs> with no parking issues downtown <laughs> to walk into the studios and uh certainly no parking issues over here at founders park one thing i will point out here though um which i'm not sure if anybody picked up on it while we had the uh live video going of of BP and we'll get back to some of that here in just a little bit after we plug Scott Wingo in in a few minutes. Um, the flags today are blowing straight in from right center. Oh, contrary to what they have been doing uh, since the opening of the uh, season, they are, they're blowing straight in. Um, so we'll see if that stays the same throughout the afternoon or if it ends up changing around just a little bit or anything like that. But, there's been a bunch of balls leaving the yard uh, to that side of the ballpark, and um, so we'll, we'll kind of we'll see what that looks like. Yeah, probably still going to hit a few of them, <laughs> knock a few of them yard. I bet. I don't well, know. I hope if the previous right. five games have anything <laughs> or any indication of what's going to happen today at all, I don't know. So much for all of that concern we had going into the season about the bats. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's you know. No, I know. We got to see if it holds during conference play, but you know, hey, you got to start somewhere. Well, you, you just you, you don't ever know. I mean, you just, you just you just don't. I mean, you look around look around the league and what's going on. I mean, it's it's baseball, man. I mean, mm-hmm. I 
I'm not saying it's okay to excuse losing. That's not what I'm saying. You get beat in baseball. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Everybody said it in all the interviews we did prior to the season. It's unreasonable to expect you're going to not win, not lose a game. Well, of course, it's because that's the way it's designed. But I think at this point, JB, I was thinking about it yesterday. So you've made it through these first five games unscathed. No injuries, uh, offensive explosion, pitching's been solid. Uh, not really very many chinks in the armor, right? But yeah. from here on out, does the focus need to change to, okay, we need to win the weekend series and don't lose in the midweek? I mean, because I know that's the focus during, you know, conference play is, you know, just win your weekend series. Because if you do that, you're going to come out and you're going to you're going to be in the postseason and you're going to look good doing it. Um but as opposed to waiting for a few weeks before that starts, I mean, I, I think you really just need to start that now. I mean, with Penn, it was like, okay, go into this with the mentality of taking two out of three at worst, you know, because because we know you might end up losing the game. Uh, make sure you don't lose on Tuesday or Wednesday. And then, you know, go into the Clemson series with the same mindset. It was like, hey, we got to take two out of three from these guys, if, if not sweep them which is what we all hope is going to happen because they are unranked and not as good as we are. I don't think at least on paper. <laughs> so, you know, even though you got to play one up there, one in the, you know, one here in Greenville and then one at home, but well, you know, cause that's how I usually look at baseball anyway, from a season perspective is it was like, you just don't want to, you want to win more series than you lose. Obviously I mean, talk about captain obvious, but I mean, when you think about it and break it down because you are going to lose games, right. But you just can't, you can't lose two out of three more often than you win two out of three. Well, and look, I think I th- that mentality shifts. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Look, I, I think it, if you want to have a season that you feel really good about, you take care of the non-con, take care of your non-con schedule and don't get swept on the road. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, look, you're going to win series at home. It's going to happen. Uh, some of the best teams in the country are going to come in here and they're going to beat you. Some of the best teams in the country are going to come in here and you're going to beat them. That's going to happen, uh, especially when you have pitching. Okay. So they might drop two to LSU and turn around and beat Arkansas twice. Um, don't get swept on the road. When you play five road league series, okay, which means that you play 15 games on the road. So if, if you find a way to win only five of those 15 and you, contrary, you know, coming home, you flip that and you win nine or 10, you're in the postseason and you're comfortably in the postseason. But generally, that's not the way it works. Generally, you will win a road series or two. So so now you're tacking on another couple. So now you're talking about going seven and eight on the road and 10 and five at home. Well, now you're 17 and 13, and you're a one seed. I mean, yeah. if, if you if you in the SEC, if you if you win, if you take care of your non-conference, it's like Gamecocks play 18 non-cons before they get to league play. Now they do have non-cons after that throughout the season. You got North Carolina and all kinds of games. But if if you, let's 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 play the game here. You want to play the game? Hypothetically speaking, let's say they go. 16 and 2 in non-conference play before you enter league play. I and I wouldn't be scared to put my money on something like that for Carolina. Maybe you maybe you lose one of the Clemson games, you drop another one somewhere, it happens. Okay, you're 16 and 2 rolling into the SEC. All right. 
that's 18 games that you've played, okay? You play a 56-game schedule, so now you got 38 games left. Well, of those 38, 30 are in league play, okay? And then you got eight non-cons. So let's say you go 16-2, and two, and then you go 15-15 and 15 in league play, and then of the eight non-cons that you have left, you go 7-1. and one. That's 38 and 18, guys. You're a one seed. You're hosting in the yeah, SEC. That is true, yeah. I mean, if you're a two seed at 38 and 18 and 15 and 15, this league is better than freaking double A baseball. Right. I mean, <laughs> and and so let's let's flip that again. If you go 16 and 2 and you're 16 and 14, you're 39 and 17, you're a one seed. If you go 16 and or let's say you go 17 and 1 and 16 and 14 and 7 and 1 in the other eight non-conference games. You've got 40 wins. You're 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 banging on banging on the door of a top 8 national seed. Okay? So the, the like what we perceive to be good years and bad years and down years and up years and this, that, and the other field really generally only comes down to three or four baseball games a season. And mm-hmm. you want that to come down to the conference games, not the non-conference games. If you, I mean, obviously, if you drop a game, it's Clemson. You know, you get beat by Texas. It's something like that. Like, I get it. Okay. But, like, because your league is so difficult, you want the one or two games that change your season to be in the SEC, not the non-conference, because that's what's going to hammer you. So my point is you could win 35 games in the Big Ten or 35 games in the Pac-12 and win 35 games in the SEC and be a top 16 national seat. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. No, so, yeah, yeah, complete sense. You know, so I, I think the target for Carolina to get out of the first 18 games of the year before you get to the conference play, get to 16 and two if you can. If you're anything better than that, man, you are dipping in some sweet gravy. Like if you're 17 and one, or God forbid, even better, which I'm not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't I bet one penny on that. <laughs> no. But if you're if you're 17 and one, oh my gosh! If you're 16 and two, oh my gosh! So it's there's a lot of ways to break it down, but you don't want to get into conference play w- with what has happened the last year or two where you get in and you, you look up and you go, okay, we're 13 and five. That's a winning record. It is not good enough for non-conference play. Like th- th- those three or four games that you coughed up there at the end of the year, if you're 13 and 17, you're out. Yeah. At the end of the year, if you didn't cough those up and you go 13 and 17 in league play or 14 and 16, 14 and 16, you're in. 13 and 17, you are high in that high up in that conversation. You're not out, you're not in. It's going to depend on what happens around you, but four games under 500 in the best league in the country doesn't eliminate you if you took care of the non-con. If you didn't take care of the non-con, you're out. You're done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, and I think anybody would think 16 and two would be, I don't know, probably exceeding expectations. Uh, Aside from the fact that, you know, you know, you got the pitching to do it. I think, you know, because I mean, we all we all knew the question mark coming in here was we're going to be able to swing the bat through five games. We've been able to do so. And, you know, now it's just can you maintain that? Uh, but yeah, I, I agree with you. If you're going to if you're going to drop some, it needs to be in conference play because you you cannot lose 
you know, these little midweeks to off teams and things like that. Not no. this year. No. Can't have it. You just can't <laughs> no. have it. You just can't have it. So, no. yeah, because there is a, I mean, there, there are quality losses, right? I mean, that's, that applies in baseball similarly as it does to basketball. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's very, it's very similar to basketball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, look at the big 12, right? Like the big 12, Mike Boynton's um, Oklahoma. I was talking to I'll, this came up this morning, actually. I'm one of the game. Mike Boynton's Oklahoma state Cowboys. I think they've lost three in a row. And I think they are like 15 and 12 or something like that. Um, but the league, the league is so good. So, but they took care of their non. I think they're seven and eight in the league. So that makes them. That would well, they got to be better than that. Sixteen and so maybe they were nine and three or something in the non-con, but their their losses were were pretty good losses. They took care of it. They took care of business, and now they're in the best league in the country. Being under five hundred doesn't doesn't put pour water on their hopes of playing in the postseason. Like that, they're in the conversation. They're on the bubble. Um, it's the same thing in college baseball when you play in the SEC. You win your non-cons, you've got you've got grace. You've got grace. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. We got the no CMs. Uh, we got the no CMs. Nana's porch chat line going here uh, <laughs> because look, dude, I live on John's Island. You know, we breed no CMs in my house. I mean, you, you can't you can't go to sleep at night without finding one stuck in your nose somewhere. Um, <laughs> Clint says uh, the no seams love sunscreen. Um, uh, 76 says they are the worst. Saunders says, man, Clint, bringing me back some great memories growing up fishing the Ashy Poo. There's plenty of no seams out there. There's probably more no seams than there is water in the Ashy Poo River. Um, Clint uh, says, it goes on to say, my in laws used to have a condo down there, caught my first bonnet head shark. Love the buckwheat pancakes at the Sea Cow as well. Wow, that's neat. Yeah, um, yeah, no CMs. There is uh, there is some stuff you can spray that uh, we have found that works. It's called No Nats, and oh. it is really good. It's got um, um, what's the? Oh shoot! There, you can grow it at your house, not weed, Phil. Um, <laughs> What, like lemongrass or something? Yeah, lemongrass. Oh, citronella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lemongrass. Lemongrass. Yeah. It's got lemongrass and something else in it. We and it actually smells good, so we'll spray that. But you know, no, no CMs. It's only it's only the nice temperatures that they like. They don't like it when it's hot, and they don't like it when it's cold. But if it's nice to sit outside, they're gonna come and chew you up. Um, when you want to be there, they want to be there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you, you, you want to have dinner on the porch, do you? Well, while, yeah, that's you're, right. while you're eating your steak, we'll eat you. How about that? <laughs> so, uh, that's well, you yeah. said it was dinner time. Yeah. God, God bless the no seams. Uh, God bless the no seams, certainly. All right. Um, we'll go ahead and hit our final break. We're awaiting Scott Wingo. I would think this door at some point in time will open and, um, and he will. He will pop in, and then uh, we'll we'll start to kind of wind things down here at Founders Park. So everybody, hang tight inside the Gamecocks, powered by Electric Bikes of Charleston, and live from the Today Mobile Signorama Studios from Columbia, South Carolina. We'll be right back. I want you to take me to Disney World. Calm down, calm down. JC is here. As y'all know, folks, the family and I have visited Disney World many times, but it can be overwhelming, especially if it's your first time going to the most magical place on Earth. 
I highly recommend wherethisroadleads.com and my friend Cherie, a certified Disney vacation planner. That's right. The mouse has given her permission to book your family vacation hassle-free. You don't know where to go, don't know where to stay, don't know where to eat, don't know what to do. It can be overwhelming. So get on wherethisroadleads.com and schedule your free consultation right now. She can help you out. The prices are very reasonable. You don't pay any extra fees. Uh, in fact, she's much more reasonable maybe than booking it straight through Disney. So for your next Disney vacation, or you know, more likely your first, so you don't panic, go to wherethisroadleads.com and talk to Cherie, certified Disney vacation planner, a partner of Inside the Game Packs the Show. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. The home of Aventon, Velotric, Magnum Bikes, and more, they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Their electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Visit electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant if you're in the low country. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hey, Mo Calvert here from Carolina Gamecocks. You're listening to Inside the Gamecocks, the show with JC and Phil. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody. Brought to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. Give John and his team a call, 803-446-4662, to talk about how they can get some more sunshine into your life heading into the summer. Uh, yeah, 76. I'm, I'm, you know, not necessarily a, a, an amateur botanist here at home. <laughs> hey, look! Yeah. It's Wingo! There he is. The uh, star <laughs> of the show. Just pop that on. I think I've got you... Uh... All right, he doesn't have long though because Coach Kingston has summoned him for scouting reports, so he's going to have to get in there in just a minute and figure out how to beat the Quakers. But we figured we'd uh, we'd tack in one of the one of the legends of Game Cup. What's up, man? What's up, dude? Good you good? How's your boy doing? Smoke. Yeah, he's fine. Yeah, he's you know, doing good. Yeah, everybody's yeah, everybody's good. You know when baseball season gets here. Well, I, that's not true because uh, you know Smokey. I'll call him and be like, "Hey, man, Yardcocks hit four more." Hit four more out of the ballpark today. He'll go. Oh, what time did they play? Come on. Now. I mean, he's fishing, and you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll smoke if you're listening to this. Come on down here. I'll throw you some BP. Let you hit some more homers. Yeah. Well, the wind was blowing in. I saw just a little bit ago. Yeah. I don't know if he could get it out of here with the wind blowing in. Oh, he could get it out both <laughs> sides. <laughs> Still. Uh, yeah. I think. Yeah, it, I can- I can hear him now. Challenge accepted, right? Oh, dude, if he even <laughs> knew that I said something like that, he would want to castrate me. Um, <laughs> I think doesn't Justin think he's the best player ever to come through the program? Well, he's definitely one of them. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he ain't he ain't wrong. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's <laughs> one we played, him, we played him in high school. He was at Stratford, and I was at Malden. I wasn't playing varsity yet, but he. Um, I just remember watching him, thinking, "Man, this is this is the best." Best high school baseball player ever, baseball player I've ever seen. Oh, no. Dude, you know, and when we played against him and Weeders, it was like, well, I mean, how do you, what do you do with these guys here? You know, um, I know you got, I know he's only here for a minute or two because he's got to get back. You got a scouting report coming up in a couple minutes, right? Yeah. Um, but um, just real quick, quick, you're off to a scathing start, obviously, Wink. Everybody's talking about the offense. I've been talking more about the pitching because pitching is what's going to carry you throughout the year, but, uh, what, what are you what are you focusing on going into the series? It's a pretty good Quakers team. I like these guys. You know, what are you focusing on after what you've had or what you've done to start? Continuing and just, you know, build on what we're working on. You know, I, I know we've been swinging the bats well, and that's 
that's obviously you know good to see. But I think we just how we're we're going about the game, preparing for the game, uh, and just in the game, not not taking at bats away. I know we were we were up a little bit on some teams late in the games, but I like to see those those late at bats not not taking a and a bat off, you yeah. know, getting yeah. hit by pitches. We're doing a good job of staying in there. Monty has done a great job too, is of you know taking pride in that because that whole dugout when you when you get hit by a pitch, man, it's it's uh, it energizes. So you know, we did a pretty that, good right? job lately of of taking them. Nineteen so. in five games. Yeah, you got hit nineteen times in one game, didn't you? I think, I think uh, <laughs> freshman year. <or> something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, fifty-five bobs versus thirty-three Ks. Scotty, that's, that's that's special. And yeah. Mark Mark's pointed out too that you've had a lot to do with the with the offense as well. Just collectively, everybody, it's been pretty good, right? You know, right? Um, but um, but pitching, 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 pitching's been special. What do you want to see out of Will Sanders today? Just be Will Sanders. Just go out and compete. Yeah. You know, he's he's gonna he's a winner. You know, he wants the ball, so he uh, he's getting it. You know, and we're, we got us back all night. Yeah. So quality at bats and and uh, and these these arms you've got just go out and do their thing and. You know, you'll you'll look up in May and it's all kind of taking care of itself, right? You know, yep, that's how that's how it is. You know, yeah, so. it's a uh, quality ABs have been there so far, and I think that's what's been most intriguing. Well, Scotty, I know I know you got to run. Uh, I'm not going to keep you because I really don't. I'm going to see Kingston after this, and I don't need him chewing me out. Hey, for, well, thank you for having me for on, keeping you around. I'm serious, Havens and Smoke, you guys get your tail down here. Bro. Hey, Stay you better not forget <laughs> Cisco because he he Cisco, sent me. I love you too, man. He all sent right. me a nasty gram when I didn't have him on last week. Hey, Cisco, so. you're a bulldog, man. Okay, absolute <laughs> bulldog. All right, boy. I'll see you in a little bit. Thanks, right. man. I appreciate it. There you go, Scott Wingo, just popping in for just a couple of minutes here. Thanks, Ben. Um, <laughs> on inside the Gamecocks, he was planning to spend much more time, but. Uh, but uh, Mark pulled a quick one on him and said, no, no, we got scouting at 1245, and uh, it is 1244. Luckily, their office is right there. Yeah, so I think he has to... just enough time to make it, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. He was able to – he'll be able to, to slide back. But, I mean, he, he just said literally everything that we've kind of covered is um, quality ABs and throwing strikes. And he mentioned just be Will Sanders, you know, yeah. and – I mentioned that earlier, like he was up a little bit last week and uh, living at the top of the zone, which when you throw 95, you can get away with that, um, but you can't live there. So that's something we'll certainly kind of keep our eyes on here to see if uh, see if he can start to make some adjustments. And Phil, Coach Kingston, on our program, what's it been now, two weeks ago or three weeks yeah. ago? Mm-hmm. What did he tell us when we when we, we talked to him about Sanders? His his comment was he's probably not going to be where we want him to be when he starts the season. Yeah, but he he'll get starts. there. Yeah, yeah, but he's gonna get there. He's gonna get there. Yeah. Wasn't that exactly Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, it's like these guys are just prescient with what they've said. Uh, I mean both King and Monty both. I mean, just exact what it's 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 just amazing. What they told us is precisely what we've seen through the first five. Absolutely. Games. <laughs> yeah. Hey, everybody, you're 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 learning the difference in baseball coaches versus everybody else. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I yeah, there's no real coach speak really. It was like, no, here's what we need to do. This is what this is gonna look like. You know, it's not you know, no. well, he's he's got an ankle. No, it's uh no, yeah. He's he well, he's he's got a leg. Well, what do you mean he's got a leg? What fell off? That's a problem, you know. Like, um, 
yeah, I, Coach King and and Monty, you know, really, and and they've been like that their whole career. I mean, I mean, I can't speak for everybody else. You know, maybe maybe they do give some coach speak here and there, but I mean, they've always been brutally honest with me um, publicly. I mean, I, I'm not talking about privately. I'm talking about publicly. So, it, but everything they described is what we've seen. So, you know, you, you got to really certainly appreciate that. Um, Clint says, I think it's important he mentioned guys having good ABs late when the game's already been decided. Man, you're, you're spot on. I mean, if you practice good habits, you'll have good habits. You know, and, um, and, and that, you know how many guys out there, um, Clint would, would say, I don't know if they'd say it or not, but could probably point to where their struggles started, you know, late in the game, you're up 10 runs, you're out there trying to hit the ball out of the yard, and all of a sudden something goes wonky. Um, so I think you're, you know, Scotty's obviously right, and you're dead on to point that out. I'll, bring, I'll say this too. I, I, um, I'm glad that Coach I'm, – I'm glad what Coach Kingston said last week about this 10-run rule thing. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody missed the comments, but, but – Coach Kingston basically said, "No, no, no. In non-con, we're we're going we're going to play the games. Um, conference play, you know, if you if you got a ten-run lead in the seventh and you can't get any closer, uh, shutting it down and being able to save arms and stuff like that because conference play is a different animal makes sense. Uh, I'm still not a big fan of it. I I don't know that he's the biggest fan of it either. I'm not going to speak for him." But because all 14 league coaches voted on that 10-run rule in conference play, you probably had some coaches say, well, de- hell, it doesn't matter if I dissent because it's, it's Yeah, done. once you got eight, right, yeah. <laughs> but Coach Kingston, you know, he, he really hit the nail on the head because, look, man, there's some guys here who in the future are going to be your guys. There's some guys here who are really never going to ever be your guys, but they're still here and, and they want to be able to say that they did something. And, and this is all over the nation. And, like, you play nine innings for a reason. So, yeah. if you, you cut these cats short. You know, you might have a guy working his way back from injury and getting in there and throwing an inning is, is going to be part of his rehab. But you're going to cut the game short because you're beating the brakes off of somebody? I mean, I've never – I don't know about anybody else. If you beat me by 20 runs, that ain't your fault. It's my yeah. fault. You know, I don't want you to feel bad for me. Like – your your job is to score runs. My job is to stop you from that happening. Yeah, so it's like when you know football coaches get accused of running the score up. It was like, hey, <laughs> is there no job to stop it? No, I mean, <laughs> you I, don't want it. Stop it. I, I always liked Coach Spurrier's approach on that. You know, Coach Spurrier, if he was beating the hell out of you, he put he put a couple of guys in the game later, and he just keep running his offense. Yep, and and he would tell you that he would say. Well, coach, you beat them by you're beating them by forty, and you threw one into the end zone there. You beat them by forty seven. Well, you know, it's their job to stop us, and uh, you know, I had to get Dylan in there to throw the ball around. I mean, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, I yeah. mean, it, it, I, and not to I, mention injuries that could possibly happen this year too. I mean, is the absolutely it was like, yeah, you could have a guy go down, and then what are you going to do? Put in a you know a, a freshman or a sophomore who's only had four career at bats. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, dude, but like, you could have got him fifteen in the in these non-con games. I mean, yeah, it just makes sense from a, a strategic standpoint. Yeah, I mean, at what Play point? The damn game. Exactly. Like, at what point in time 
did 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 we decide as a society that when you're getting your ass beat that you could just say, well, you know what? Because you suck, uh, we're gonna put a rule in that actually tells you even more that you suck. Like I would I would rather take my dignity and pride through nine innings or four quarters or two halves of basketball without a running clock or whatever it is, and just say, well, they beat the hell out of us. Yep. Then say they either stopped the game or sped the game up because we were so bad. Mm-hmm. I why? Yeah, why? I, you know, I don't know. I mean, you they know? don't even do it. You know, my daughter played Y League basketball. I mean, you know, you're winning by 30 points. They still <laughs> game's not over till the clock hits triple no. zero. Exactly, man. <laughs> I mean, if it's if it's extenuating circumstances, you know, Phil, and you've got. Um, you know, if it's extenuating circumstances and, you know, if, if it's baseball and, you know, you're playing some team who came in from Massachusetts and they already only had seven arms going into the weekend and you get to Sunday and they've only got two arms. Yeah. And next and, thing and, you know, there's a shortstop on the mound yeah, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's, 30, it's 35 to nothing. And, and these guys are like, man, like, we don't want you to pull the plug on us, but like, we, I, we don't, we don't, ha- we don't even have any pitchers. Um, Different story, you know, different story, but, um, but not, not having a rule like that just to feel bad for people. Uh, and so I'm glad that guys like coach Kingston and other coaches out there are saying, you know, no, no chance, no chance. So, So, um, I mean, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, I mean, I I don't know. I've never been a fan of cutting anything off early, you know, play the game because here, even if you're on the other side of it, why would you not want that experience either? And then it was like, no, you got to push through this adversity. I was like, I mean, it may look bleak and completely, you know, lost hope, but you still gain the experience from, you know, playing, period, the time itself that you put in, the effort that you put in. I mean, you know, it's like, who's going to give you effort when you're down 15? You know, that's the guy you want when you're, you know, playing in a close game. Yeah. Because, you know, they're going to give you everything they got. Doesn't matter what the scoreboard says. Yeah. Yep. No question. There's no doubt about it. Uh, only a, a few minutes left here in our program, live from Founders Park today, inside the Gamecocks uh, from the Sinorama Studios. It is always painted garnet and black by a couple of painters, and um, and is always it is always powered by electric bikes of Charleston. Golly, with weather like this, well, why would you not want to be outside on a bike, if, especially if you can't be at the ballpark? Uh, yeah. Maybe you can ride around on your electric bike and listen to the game as Tommy Moody and Stuart Lake will be on the call starting at 345 this afternoon. Um, for, reminded everybody, too, as well, there, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of local programming and radio. Like if you like listening to the game on the radio like I do, I love listening to the game on the radio. If you if you if you tune into your local station and it's not on, uh, go to the Gamecocks app. It's always on. And uh, so make sure you've downloaded the Gamecocks app and, and they'll get it in. Uh, Lamont Paris and the Gamecocks tomorrow. We haven't gotten to this yet. Phil, they're going to try to head to Knoxville and pull another stunner. They almost pulled one, of course, a couple of nights ago. We talked about it at length yesterday, but just heartbreaking overtime against second-ranked Alabama. This, this to me, feels like a, I mentioned to you that day. I said to you and JC, this is not a bat packer, uh, bat, back patter, by the way. I'm just saying – the ingredients were right for something strange kind yeah. of evolving with everything that was coming out. Alabama, Alabama program, 9 o'clock tip. Hadn't played well at home. 
kind of felt like maybe now's the time. Here's our chance to impress the home crowd. They had some promotions going. It, didn't, it was exactly that, as a matter of fact. Uh, they probably should have won the game. Yeah, took them to overtime. This, I mean, you know, that was more than I expected. <laughs> yeah. This is different. Um, yeah, right. This is a completely different animal. Here. Yeah. I, there's not a whole lot that, that makes me feel any sort of comfortable going into this weekend at Thompson Bowling Arena other than their three wins have been on the road. Um, that's not what I'm talking about, though. Uh, it, it, Tennessee has been a really bad matchup for South Carolina. Um, you know, Frank. Martin and Rick Barnes knew each other well, mirrored each other. As a matter of fact, seemingly the last year or two, um, Rick Barnes's guys always did it a little bit better than Frank's. Um, but well, here's I, what I'm looking for like, this season. You know, when they play, what I'm looking for is don't get your ass handed to you like you did at home. <laughs> Continue to show some improvement, like in the players that you know that have we we've seen grow. Uh, Jacoby, uh, you know, Gray. Uh, I mean, there, there's we've seen improvement incrementally throughout a lot of these guys on this team this year, and 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 you just want to see that continue, uh, especially in the ones that you know they're going to come back next year. Yeah, yeah. No this question. season, you know, even though you get to go zero zero into the SEC, you know, tournament. I mean, barring the unthinkable and actually winning that tournament, you're going to miss postseason play. So, you know, just continue to improve individually, get better as a team, and then, you know, soak your wounds and hit the portal. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. You know, and as a coach, you know, Coach Paris obviously is preaching, hey, look, let's get hot at the right time. There's a new season coming, which is the tournament, as you mentioned. Um, but, you know, he's not he's not going to say to his team, we're going to play for next year. They're, no, they're playing for now. However, to your point, yes. Right. Common sense says, look, we're going to continue to develop the guys that are going to be a large part of our program over the next couple of years. And um, and if something good comes of it here in 23, then something good comes of it. But if not, uh, then at least we feel like we've got a pretty good nucleus moving forward. So we'll see what happens. I, I just have a feeling tomorrow is going to be a rough day at um, Thompson Bowling Arena. Where last night the Lady G's went up there and secured their seventh SEC title and uh, down 29-16, outscored them 57-31 from there all the way home. So I can't believe just I remember looking up and just seeing that at the bottom 16-0 run. I was like, well, that game over. Yep. yep. <laughs> and they, uh, and they went into halftime, and you can see it on their faces. They're yep. like, yeah, F, you know, F around and find out, right? Yeah, and, right. And that's what happened. <laughs> and that is absolutely uh, what yeah. happened. Uh, what's going to happen here at Founders Park in a shade over three hours is Will Sanders will be towing the mound for South Carolina. Noah Hall's got it tomorrow. Jack Mahoney's going to get it on Sunday, just like last weekend. And Carolina looks to say unscathed right now. They are the best offense in college baseball, and it has been special to watch. The most runs ever scored for their first five games, 80 with 20 home runs to, to boot. Not to mention a 1.4 team earn run average and a 9.83 clip in the field, and they've been playing a ton of guys, and it is really, really neat to see. And we've certainly enjoyed our time today. I'm glad Scott Wingo could pop in, even just just for a couple of minutes. That damn Mark Kingston making him work. I know, man. Bosses. When I get out of here and get everything packed up, I'm gonna go over and straighten him out. That's right. You do that. <laughs> sure. Sure, he'll just be. Make sure uh, he's not wearing his glasses. Sure, he'll Contacts. be. Thrilled to hear from me. 
JC, I bet. <laughs> if, if JC is watching, I hope you feel better. I'm going to take a nap. Oh, but he'll be back Monday. Billy Anderson's made his way on the field. One of the best strength coaches I've ever been around, ever. He's only been doing this for 100 years. He looks the same as he did 100 years ago. Pretty, pretty good stuff. Thanks to all of you. Quadcock says Field of Dreams right there. It certainly is dreamy out here today. It's about 75 degrees and all sun and Carolina baseball. So looking forward to that. We hope you all have a wonderful weekend. As always, thanks to Phil. He's pretty good at what he does. And I enjoy hanging out with you, Phil. Maybe JC take more days off. Yeah, that's all right, JB. I'm always happy to hang out with you. <laughs> for Phil and all of you and for Gamecock Baseball, thanks for hosting us here at Founders Park inside the Gamecocks live from the Sinorama Studios. Brought to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. And, of course, powered by Electric Bikes of Charleston. We'll return at 11 o'clock on Monday. And we hope you will see you.